the Mortal Yogi podcast with me, Dougal Meacham. Good morning, Mr. Imran Hashmat. You are somebody very interesting. Good morning. Welcome to the uh, Mortal Yogi podcast. How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for having me here. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, as I said, you are somebody very interesting. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself because you have a super cool story. <laughs> so, currently I'm a yin yoga teacher mm -hmm. in central Scotland, Falkirk Sterling. That's where you can come find me lying around the floor. Yeah. And uh, what, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, Facebook for the meantime. Facebook? Imran Hashmat Yoga. Imran Hashmat Yoga. Yes. Catchy. Yes. Okay. You know, front and center of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in my former life, as it were, uh, before I came across all this yoga stuff, mm -hmm. I was but uh, a wee lad in my room playing video games, watching Japanese animation, very much <laughs> entranced by films and whatnot. Yeah. And my only real interest in the physical part of my body was uh, martial arts. Mm -hmm. and my first exposure to martial arts was a little show back in the 1990s called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That was my first story <laughs> into the martial Classic. arts world. You know, very expressive camp uh, incarnation of, of martial arts to be exposed to, but I loved it, I adored it. And going, that was where my interest for martial arts and physicality only ever came from that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, with a lot of my stuff coming from Japan, I very much was into the warrior archetypes, ninjas, samurai, and with Star Wars, the Jedi, the yeah. of all the badass people. Yeah, all the badass people. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be a badass. That's why I played so many games, because it's easier to be a badass in a digital world than to be in the <laughs> real world. Right. You know, it's like, what? Become disciplined and virtuous? <laughs> Play a game. It's yeah. so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> but then you became a real badass. Uh, yeah, so I eventually then thought, okay, you know, perceived reality reality and uh, my first introduction to martial arts was Japanese jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. which seems to be all Brazilian these days but I actually found out a Japanese jiu-jitsu class okay and that was my only that was the only physical activity I ever did and I had this very on-off relationship being a, a teenager at that time mm -hmm. not very committal to anything or uh -huh. anyone <laughs> and uh, that was my only real physical exercise to a degree uh, I did a being infused with games, I did a degree in game software development, which is oh, okay. very early stages of that kind of course. Yeah. So come through the end of that, I wasn't in a place and the, the grade wasn't, didn't really equip me to really pursue that any further, but mm -hmm. I found myself uh, as a games tester for a mm -hmm. while, which okay. is like the ideal dream for anyone that plays games all day, you yeah. would think. Uh, and then, of all things, you know, because uh, things were... I got a little bit tired of playing games. I, I would never thought I'd hear myself say that. I got tired of playing games. So I became a police officer, because uh -huh. that's what you do, right? You yeah, know? and how, <laughs> how old you when you became a police officer? I was 20, 21. 20, 21. And did you have to do training to get in? So the application process, the only physical requirement mm -hmm. was that you had to run a fitness test. So okay. It's a certain number on the bleep test depending on your age and your sex. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it's not the bleep test, it's a run, a one and a half mile run. Okay. So this is hilarious because I remember the first time I went for a run because I hadn't ran. You mm -hmm. know, I'd, I was in a martial arts off stage. So I was like, yeah, six laps around a 400 meter track. How hard could this be? And I went running <laughs> with a friend. <laughs> and I, I barely made it past two laps. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What, what's going on here? 
<laughs> and it's funny because you know you're, you're, the, the the enjoyment of that was the challenge of like you know here I am as I am now. Yeah. How do I get myself to that point? Well, I need to keep doing this thing in a measured, balanced approach. No, I didn't. I just <laughs> cranked just... it to eleven and went for it. So you sound like a person who does things either fully in or fully out. You're not you you, you overcommit or undercommit. Yes. And I think I from my experience of uh, of doing yoga with you, that would seem to fit. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah. My current challenge in life you, is you jump in with balance. both feet. So you so you made it round six laps? Eventually, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> the first you, time I was properly timed for that is actually on the, the application day. It was okay. like I hadn't timed myself. I had to make it in 12 minutes. But I, was, I, I, I got one there. But it was kind of funny that the one day I timed myself is the day. It's the actually. one day you made it was the one day <laughs> the test. Well, that's perfect timing. Clearly know how to exactly uh, time your peaks and troughs in life. And so you became a police officer at 20, 21, 22? Mm. Yeah. So I spent seven years of my life with the police. Uh, and that's, that's got to be, I mean, that's a, that's a change from uh, programming and gaming to pounding the beat uh, in Scotland throughout the year. Tell us a little bit about that. It was an incredible experience uh, from living a not seeing a sheltered life, but a particular life, a mm -hmm. civilian life, if you mm -hmm. want to call it that way. Civilian life, right. And then uh, being put in a position where you are responding to people's emergencies, to people's problems uh, and concerns, and you get exposed to a whole side of life that you hear about, you see in mm. movies, in the TV news, dramas, right. or all those dime a dozen police cop shows that make the job seem infinitely interesting and always <laughs> something's about my police sense is tingling ah oh, there's crime afoot uh, and then you experience the reality of that mm. uh, you come across you know life as it is and not what you think it is sounds particularly uh, a bland is not the word but it, sound, it sounds uh, full on uh, in a kind of like a vinyasa kind of way like it's like a vinyasa level one class it sounds like you know vinyasa level one classes you don't do handstand and you don't do that much intense stuff but it never stops and it just keeps going and you never are off you always is that is that a is that is that the vibe i'm getting from you certainly wasn't yin that's for certainly sure. wasn't yin yoga <laughs> sure no enough, wasn't yin. uh i would say the energy curve in the place i'm sure we'll talk about this more later it's very much you go about, it's not just emergencies or fires ablaze every, mm -hmm. uh, every, every waking moment, but then when it would go, it would normally all go, you know, all okay. would break loose. Uh, yeah. Or you would deal with things that uh, would take uh, a significant amount of time. So I, I was seven years in the police and that had its particular physical and emotional demands. Mm. And it took something exceptional for me to wake up and realize that. Uh, for me and my own personal experience, I wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm. And I left the police. Mm -hmm. But during my time in the police, I developed a habit for travel training. Mm -hmm. Where And I this is so this is, sounds like your this is like your your other life. So your your uh, officer officer hashmat, is that what people called you? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> or sir. <laughs> if they weren't saying expletives or whatever else. Okay. Sure. And then, so to counteract this this full on intense um, life, you yeah. you took on an, another another superhero suit. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so to to balance out my extreme occupation mm. with its uh, many challenges, I would pull together all my time off and take whole months off at a time. And where did you go with this? This is a great story. So I chose to spend my time over months, over several years, uh, primarily in China, mm-hmm. also in Thailand, and I would spend that entire time in places where I could do martial arts intensively, very much chasing that dream of wanting to become a ninja or a, mm-hmm. famous, uh, you know, a warrior, mm-hmm. uh, archetype. And uh, if, if certainly like the idea of time loss it was meant to, to rebalance, re-center your energies, I, I, I was certainly going about the wrong way because I was throwing myself into environments which are equally challenging, demanding and emotionally <laughs> <laughs> grating. Uh, and what styles of um, martial arts did you study? So you were in Thailand and China. So for Thailand, I spent three weeks at a Muay Thai camp, mm-hmm. uh, and I hadn't tried Muay Thai before, and that's a particularly interesting place to have your first experience with Muay Thai, mm-hmm. because you're in this gym, you've got all the Thai trainers, mm-hmm. the Thai fighters, mm-hmm. and Darth Vader, and uh, <laughs> you have all these people from around the world, Yeah, and this is a very testosterone-charged environment. Mainly so, men? Uh, primarily men. You had your fair share of women there as well. Mm-hmm. But the thing with that environment is because uh, it's not a good place to grow into something. You're very mm-hmm. much surrounded by stuff. People making loud noises, hitting things hard, hitting mm-hmm. things fast. You're like, oh man, I'm getting caught on this. Ba, 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 ba. And before you know it, you've kicked wrong, you've punched wrong, you've hurt this, you've hurt that. So in that, I remember at the end of that for three weeks, I was just a walking mess. <laughs> and then you got to go back to your job. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Muay Thai in Thailand and in China? Uh, China, I bounced between two schools, and between those two schools, uh, primarily Shaolin Kung Fu. Shaolin Kung Fu, so, very, very famous. Very intense. Have you watched the 36 Chambers of Shaolin? No. Oh my uh, God. Okay, well that's that's your homework after this. After this, yeah. I'll, I'll make a note of that. So Shaolin Kung Fu uh, with Tai Chi mm-hmm. uh, on the more yin side of things, experienced okay. Qigong. Mm-hmm. And really that was my first exposure to meditating. Mm-hmm. So would spend, in particular in China, anywhere between four to six hours a day training through the weekdays mm-hmm. and weekends off. Uh, and did you come back better from China or was it similarly like broken? <laughs> It was it was different. Uh, it, if anything, it was expected you'd pick up an injury or, or something. Oh, it's okay. Like a mark of passage because uh, it's very pressure chamber approach. You right. come in there, uh, you don't really question what's going on. You t- you're told mm-hmm. to jump, and then you ask how high, and uh, you go. With it you go off the cliff, right? I mean, the, the culture has that saying, you know, you know, eat bitter, right? So mm-hmm. you, you learn to eat, eat bitter. You learn to eat chiku. Yes. Bitter it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so uh, what a fascinating cocktail of a, of a decade. So you, you come to the end of that time and uh, you pull out of the police force. Hmm. Uh, now what happens? What happens next? Uh, the first thing I did when I left the police, I went back to China for four months. And mm-hmm. the reason for that was when I first found out I could go and have these intense martial art experience be completely immersed in an environment and culture. Because I'd experienced martial arts as it was, you know, at your local gym halls or right. places. I wanted to go to the country of origin mm-hmm. and learn it from people who lived and breathed it. So when I first found out I had a knee-jerk reaction, I wanted to, to drop everything and do it then. But mm-hmm. 
due to circumstance time, it wasn't, it d- didn't come to pass. So I decided to set aside four months of my, t- of my mm-hmm. life to go do it, see if that fire was still there. And I went back to my first school and the training was intense. It's great. It's an experience I'd recommend to anyone. But by this point, I felt like from having lived a life of complete extremes, mm. uh, I was either completely yang or mm-hmm. I was completely yin and I was completely sedentary. Mm-hmm. When I came into this yang phase, uh, I realized these experiences were fantastic, but there was a lot internally with me that no matter mm. where I was going, I was carrying myself. Mm. It required examination, required time to sit with and to mm. unpack. So and and then you started to discover yin yoga. Yeah, so I came back from China and my work-life balance was ski with. I was helping the family with something and I came across one of your... Uh, teacher trainees mm-hmm. and I experienced you in a hot yoga studio for, mm-hmm. of all places to try in yoga. Scotland yeah a hot yeah. yoga studio in Scotland those do exist uh, ladies and gentlemen they're packed and <laughs> that was only cold class and what was so curious for me was having been to China to Thailand having done these physically demanding things and a lot of that was pursuing flexibility because I wanted these amazing Big kicks. high kicks mm-hmm. you know looking cool triple somersault, quadruple mm-hmm. landing splits kind of sure. ridiculousness. Yeah. I was stretching day in, day out mm-hmm. in my spare time, like uh, being power stretched, medieval torture style. Yeah. And I would never find myself getting past a certain point. Mm. And I would question myself, like, what is on earth is going on here? Mm. And I always feel really heavy as well. So even though I was doing the stretching and mm-hmm. I could access certain means of motion, I always felt like this is really heavy. So when I first experienced yin, what was so remarkable was it was an immediate measurable difference. I could feel that lightness. I could feel something going on. Mm. And maybe the most important part was I could feel myself centering myself more. Mm -hmm. I could feel myself coming out of the external and more internal and I feel more relaxed, which Mm. By that very thing alone is such a beautiful thing that you can do that for yourself right having to immerse yourself or uh, for yourself uh, so you've got you've gone from uh you know if i if i if i put the trailer of the first the last 10 years of our discussion is you've gone you know you've gone you've run, run around the track of life just crossed it in the gold medal position um then you've gone out into you know you're standing you're on stage you, you are playing a role publicly as you, you walk around in your uniform officer sir expletives um and uh and then you're you're, you're you've chosen something outside of that which is highly demanding on your body and uh and then you go and try something which is yin which we both of both of us love mm. and um you know at first pass you're just lying around on the floor doing nothing but you're finding that to be on different levels very very interesting yeah uh the physical sensations and connectivity i was getting from yin were more meaningful than some of the stuff and some of this training i'd been doing Mm. and it was quite funny because uh, i i kind of became addicted to you in the yes. early stages uh, so yeah I, I just went to i remember those days as many classes as i could mm. 
and then I eventually got t- sick and tired of going to classes. I'm like, I want to cut the middleman out. I want to go to the wholesale supplier. I want to yeah. cut the dealer out. I want to become the, <laughs> the provider. So then they both were, my two teachers at the time, were both trained by you. Mm-hmm. And one of your trainings happened to be six weeks later. And I was just like, hey. Okay, can let's I do it. On? Yeah. And I remember you coming along. You were one of the most intense, serious, dedicated students for, for, for the training. It was a pleasure to have you. Uh, but clearly, um, clearly, you so many questions. I think you had, you had the, the some of the highest numbers of questions I've ever had from people, which is great. Um, do you remember those days? What was what what were what were the big things that hit you when you first started practicing big time yin? So Imran first teacher training was a very different Imran. Uh, Imran mm. certainly was only there to do a whole boatload of yin and everything else is secondary to mm-hmm. that everything else just is give bonus. me lots of yin yeah yeah that's i remember I those about. that's right i remember the email uh i'm i don't want to teach but i just want to do lots of yin yes <laughs> give me a floor space to lie around and tell me to do the thing thank yeah. you but goodbye <laughs> yeah and i would say that was true for a lot of it but that's what made all the other stuff really surprising and rewarding mm-hmm. and uh it was the first time I actually was exposed and was educated in, in proper anatomy, mm-hmm. which I think on some level we should all know a basic level. Mm. Anatomy is very much like, you don't need to know how your car works, but there's certain things about your car that it's helpful to know so that when things do happen, you can kind of go, oh, it might be this, it might be that, right. and so on and so forth. And the big realizations for me I had was coming across, you know, variable anatomy. Mm. was this idea that you know uh, I can do some things but I can't do other things and it's not because I'm not busting my guts out in China I'm not uh, doing enough work uh, that there's something about me in question Mm -hmm. it's the body I've got and that's how it moves Uh, it's very much the the idea that it's the hardware that, that in your body. Yes. Yeah. So you're talking about variable anatomy, which is a large part of that training. Yeah. And uh, is was a revelation when I studied it way back in the 15th century. Um, uh, that's a joke. Uh, but it is to all of us because we realize that we're not all, we have different eye colors and hair colors and skin colors shapes and sizes personalities we have different dna uh but in our physical movement Mm. we all somehow somewhere in the complexity of life we all just think that if we practice hard enough we'll all be able to you know be usain bolt or sing like freddie mercury or uh backflip like a shaolin martial artist and you found that that wasn't the case no I think mm. it's one. It's important to note that you can cultivate ability. You can, you know, through hard work, you can cultivate skill, no matter what you think you are. But you can do it in a way that's healthy and considered mm. with the parameters that you're given. Mm. And I think when you mentioned, again, I, I'm a stranger to the yoga world. You know, this mm. is the thing. I'm in a room full of people that are really hyped about yoga. I'm like, I'm just here for the yin, and yin doesn't seem to regard the same yoga level, and. It was, I had all my teachers who were saying, do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. They were teaching because they thought, well, this is how I was trained. This is why I can do the thing I can do. Right. And they had no awareness of 
other people's bodies and what may be going on for them. Mm. And having been in China and having been in these, the high training, intense environments, and seeing people get injured or overworked and mm. that, mm. it begged the question. It's like, well, you know what? I'm still up for all that training. But at least now I can approach it in a healthier manner to me. Mm. Instead of going after a warped sense of fitness, I can have a more complete sense of health. And do you have a specific example of like this? Like, you know, in Kung Fu, you have kicks and you have punches and you have movements, specific movements. Did you, did you have a revelation from the yin training when you realized, you know, you're not going to kick that guy with a full standing splits like a la Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of thing? Yeah, uh, I have so many examples, and I continue yep, to lots have of examples. examples. Okay, it's, it's not even funny. Uh, even to like day to day examples, mm-hmm. taking away training completely out of the picture, it's it's amazing where it creeps up, and mm. until you're aware, but you don't see that your body's even doing it. Mm. So specifically, the martial arts realm. Every Friday morning, get power stretching, mm-hmm. or that it's called medieval torture. <laughs> <laughs> if you pass that training hall Friday morning at my first school uh, you would just hear cries and screams and from fully grown men from fully grown people yeah. <laughs> and this is what the crazy thing was that we were choosing to willingly go through this process mm-hmm. in the pursuit of flexibility to, to gain access to this greater range of motion mm. so the one in particular was uh, the assisted hamstring stress so okay you're with two other people and then one person's got your leg and they're pulling your straightened leg bring your foot head in the direction of your head and one other person's weighing down your your resting leg. so you're lying on your back lying on your back one person's with your legs out and then one person's pulling your foot yes, to your head yeah sounds great it's, it's great everyone should try <laughs> <laughs> this is how i spend my free time guys mm-hmm. and it's true i would be so frustrated because I would go through this entire process, mm-hmm. you know, you're under the tensile force of your muscles, you know, mm-hmm. to experience it so taut, it felt mm-hmm. like a suspension bridge under full load and, you know, part of me was always kind of wondering, am I just waiting for this, my, my muscle to tear out or whatever, I always had these horrible, horrible images in my head. Mm-hmm. But I would endure it because I could see, like, oh, that foot's getting close to my head. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Great. Oh, man, something is happening. I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to kick someone in the head. Uh, and I would suffer this intense, oh, emotionally harrowing experience. Come out of the pose. And then you would, once I regained feeling and the trauma subsided, I, I would then, you know, try, try and kick back into those ranges. Mm-hmm. And I never could. And it made no sense to me. Mm. Because it defied, why am I going through this if mm. I'm not getting a result? And in particular, that stress, what was happening, which I was able to see afterwards, was that my, my lumbar spine, my, my lower back would come to my rescue. Right. Because what was happening was I was compressing from in my hip joint. So when my leg was coming overhead, it was hitting a point roughly about 90-ish odd degrees. Mm-hmm. Nothing more was coming from that place. Mm-hmm. But to save my leg from being... <laughs> coming right. out of the socket the lower back rounded your whole back and your rounded. pelvis so you, you found to summarize for the the, the non uh, anatomy specialists out there so you found that the shape of your pelvis somehow the so- I think it's the sockets limit your ability to pull or kick your leg up high and so to do that you rounded your back to bring your body to your leg um, but that's not the way you're supposed to do it classically 
No, which is why if you've ever experienced this, anyone's tried martial arts, you have that dreaded moment where you're told to kick high in class, mm-hmm. not an assisted stretch, and you kick too hard and you fall over. <laughs> and then that's what was happening with me. Oh, you know, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A couple of times that had happened, and you know, you're, told, you're kicking hard, and obviously, in a non-assisted stretch scenario, I'm kicking so hard on my kicking ah, leg, you're standing the like... force. Okay. So my pal's like, okay, you want me to round? Cool. And it will just sweep my other leg. Wow. So yeah. it was like... Highly embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and probably painful. Yeah, yeah. Humiliating. Sure. Okay, so, so that's a biggie. And, uh, you know, when most martial artists, I, I'm, you know, high five on the, on the Tai Chi thing. Um, spend a lot of my time in Tai Chi as well, in Qigong. And um, in my extended period in, in, I was never taught about, about, you know, everybody this, we have the Kwa. Uh, you, you talk Kwa, which is, uh, or the, or the uh, ma bu, like the horse, horse stance, uh, which you have to have the feet parallel. You have to have them specific uh, distance from each other. Your knees have to be spacing a, facing a specific place. And then you have to stand there for up to an hour. And uh, so there's alignment in Tai Chi, Qigong, martial arts as well. And I was, I used to drive me nuts because there's guys who just come in like fat bankers. I lived in Hong Kong most of my life. Fat bankers who come in, go down into Mabu, having never done anything ever. And I'd been there next to the Sifu for years and I wasn't getting anywhere close to that. And it drove me equally insane. And you start to doubt yourself, right? You start to, and all of the baggage which comes with that, like, am I good enough? Am I doing it properly? Maybe it's me. All of that stuff comes and eventually is highly toxic, I think. Yes. Uh, I certainly, at that period of my life, I was very much externally defining myself mm. and not be able to do these things and being around people that seemingly could access these mm. things and I couldn't. Almost effortlessly sometimes. Yes, mm. it made me, yeah, quite dark. Mm. Uh, which is what's really liberating, albeit quite bitter in the beginning because it's going through sure. stages of denial uh, or, right. or, or loss, right? You know, the, the idea that you can't do things is one that most people don't like the idea of but what I found with yin and eventually when I came onto the yang course I found that yin will bring you to your limitations mm-hmm. yin you will find your end range of motion after you get to all that tension on your and body. after not that long potentially a couple mm-hmm. of months maybe what did you what was your experience I think it like with anything, yin isn't a magic bullet. You have to keep doing mm-hmm. it. And depending on what's going on in your life, my relationship with yin keeps changing. It's always in constant flux. But to start experiencing real-world benefits, it doesn't take very long, mm. given the nature of what we're stimulating and how everything's interconnected. So you start hitting some of the big target ears, start getting these amazing releases, and it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And uh, so... So you're enjoying your yin, you're, yes. you're, you're working, you find out that you, some things you can do, some things he can do, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever want to, uh, if you ever come to see him run, ask him to show him a back bend. So it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not all darkness and depression. He's, and this is the amazing thing that you find out some, and, um, I remember in our training time, like for a big Urdhva Dhanurasana for you yoga people or a big wheel pose, he can do it from 
you know, he almost falls out of his bed into that pose uh, before his morning coffee. He does a quick wheel pose. Um, that's what your body can do. Uh, but then are other things you can do. So you find, so you found, uh, you, you found this amazing juxtaposition and con contradiction. And like we all do, I think I, I remember you know, you go through this like, oh my God, uh, what else have I? What else have I been trying to do in my life, which is just not my body is made for, and my mind. Like you've been trying to do, you've been trying to do high kicks. I've been trying to do Rudvadana Rasana since 1983, and uh, it's not really changed because uh, I I hit the limits of my bones too. So you've gone through gone through this whole journey, and now becomes now gets onto the interesting stuff. I think. Yeah, because once you discover your limitations, you then uncover your potential. And That's a great contradiction. Yeah, uh, it's a very cool place to be because instead of the what and buts, it's very much knowing your hands. Like you put a hand, a hand of cards, you very much know <laughs> your hand of cards, and mm. then it's like okay, instead of thinking of you know wishing what my hand my hand would be this or that, I can learn to play what I have. Mm. It sounds very negative, right? It sounds almost defeatist. Like, well, if you only kept practicing maybe you would kick higher behind your head one day hmm. um, but um, what you're saying is it's actually the opposite once you realize your hip is not shaped like that well for me I remember well stop trying to do that stuff that my it's like you know like uh, there's a good uh, Buddhist joke um, the monkey says to the fish here let you're clearly unhappy in the water come up the tree with me <laughs> And I'll save you. And the fish goes, yay, and goes up the tree and dies. Um, so, and I've seen people in yoga do that. <laughs> like, but if I just keep kicking, and then, uh, you know, in the worst case scenarios, it's surgery and, uh, and, and really bad trauma happens in their body. This is what's led me to what will invariably be my mission statement when I mm. get around to actually building my business a bit more. Mm. Where where I am now with what I know about anatomy, with what I know about yin and yang, mm. it leads me to want to uh, help people educate themselves about a complete sense of health right. and not a warped sense of fitness. And this is where you are now. So, so you're, you're very passionate about this. Let's jump into this a little bit. Hmm. Uh, yin, when it comes to fitness, most people are very clued up about how to get the bikini body or how to get the, the guns or, or that. You, know? <laughs> you go do the thing, mm. you burn the calories, you pump the blood, uh, and you know, stuff happens. Mm. Maybe you, you clean up your diet, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. and maybe, yeah. But that's solely muscular. And I remember thinking when I was on your course and learning about you know, these tissues, ligaments, tendons, fascia. And just the reality that these tissues don't respond to that same stimulus. Mm -hmm. So if I, you know, in all my time in training in China and uh, Thailand, I was only really looking after half my body, which mm -hmm. is like kind of startling thinking mm. I could be doing this perfectly. I could be getting the best training. I could be busting my gut. I could be in fantastic shape. But by neglecting this side, what I describe as the mechanical side. Mm. So Yang is looking after the strength, the ability to wield my body mm -hmm. but yin is the bit that allows you know it looks after the bits that actually allow for that movement to happen in the first place so yin yoga focusing on your fascia joints mm. uh, and your connective tissue um, ligaments tendons yeah yeah 
yin is very much as I describe it it's very much taking your car to the garage for an MOT in service so no matter mm. whether you're a Sunday driver or a wannabe F1 driver mm-hmm. that the condition of your car is going to be good for you to do whatever you need to do so now you're going to nourish all of these tissues yes. in the way that they like without the Andrex and Kleenex of course sure uh, and <laughs> it's very curious because when we talk about yin yoga, to, uh, when I talk about yin yoga to people, that they hear the yoga word, they get kind of scared or frightened or put off by that. The, the, mm. the, the reasons that, oh, I can't do that because I'm not fit, I'm not flexible, these mm. same reasons come up. And because most people's perceptions of yoga is comes from the Indian systems, mm-hmm. Hatha, Ashtanga, Vinyasa, or the hot yoga, the, the, the disciplines, Bikram and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of hurdles for people to, to get even get right to get into the room even yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's sometimes I've card classes in gyms uh, and I've done some rogue yin where all they know is yoga and it's like they expect yoga yeah and I come and it's like haha we're now doing yin yoga which is so far removed from anything that they, they may think it is mm-hmm. and they find it hard I think yes 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 because being with yourself is very uncomfortable mm. And that's why, that's, I was thinking about this a lot, and what yin is for me, yin is a, a mirror. It shows you mm. what you are, not what you think you are. Mm. It shows your body as it is. Mm-hmm. It will lead you to your limitations. Mm-hmm. But like meditation, it puts you in direct connection to yourself. Mm. So I know that if I'm in a pose, and I find even being there for five minutes is uncomfortable not physically but mentally uncomfortable right. i know there's something going on that mm. is worth examining and reflecting upon and this is coming from someone who after yin one spent a ridiculous amount of time against his wall up to times we won't mention you know having stupidly long well, i think it's worth i think it's worth <laughs> worth mentioning so uh but this yeah so you spend time in a in a pose and um uh i remember after our first yin module i you came back with a big question like, is it okay to spend an hour in something? And uh, it was a great question. It's like, um, so this is, you know, this is Yin, this is Imran in, an, in, a, in a beautiful nutshell. It's like, throw, throw yourself at it. And then beginning Yin uh, student, an hour in, in each pose. And, uh, and the question, the end of the question was, I think I'm a little bit tweaky in the inside <laughs> of my knee. <laughs> how did that so, happen? Yeah, how did that happen after an hour? Um, but you, you, the fascinating thing is stuff does happen sitting just in the yin pose and you decided to spend an hour in there. Well, why? What's going on in your, in that head of yours? On one hand, yin is this beautiful justification of lying around the floor and doing Mm. nothing all day. I'm Mm. like, great, I'll do that. I'll justify doing that. (laughs) That's the humorous, irresponsible side. But the reality was in that particular example, I found... So we have these physical sensations, this idea mm. of, getting, uh, of easing tension in the body. And the byproduct of easing tension is flexibility, but it's not the thing that we come to yin for. Mm. I found I was just having these amazing sensations, uh, these rush of fluid emanating from my body. And mm-hmm. it was pretty much being on high, mm. really. I would, uh, mm. I'd, I'd have such a feeling coming out of these poses in the rebound. Mm. It was delicious. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was, and that's what's incredible is that in today's world where you know mental health and well-being is you know uh, very much at the forefront of a lot of business and a lot of people's uh, things because 
we so often neglect ourselves, that mm. you have this passive, functional, accessible practice where you can, if you're feeling a certain way or mm -hmm. you're feeling tired, your backs or whatever, you can take that little bit of time out and bring yourself that meaningful relief for yourself. Now that's a revelation, Imran. So what you're saying is when we're feeling certain ways, if I summarize what you've just said, you have, we all have the ability to take some time out, maybe not fix chronic serious stuff, but you have a big, like you're using the car metaphor, you've, we have this very simple practice to sit down, stretch our body, and amazing stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, bit, that's, that's, that's incredible. I generally actually don't like talking about yin to, to newcomers so much because I'll mm. tell them enough to get them into the class. <laughs> because, and, yes, you know what's going to happen. Because I I'll, I'll tend, tend to strictly speak about yin in a physical sense because mm. I like to keep, I, don't, uh, I like for them to experience the mental aspect without any prescriptions from me. Mm. Like saying this may, right. or may not happen. Right. It's, it's their individual experience. Mm. It's like I was saying earlier that we may have the same, we may do the same yin class. Right. We're both yin people. But our experiences are our own. Completely. We have no idea what may be going on for that person. And I've, yeah. It's, that's what's quite beautiful about that. Even yeah. though we're all doing the same thing and yeah. we're getting similar experiences, it's, it's, it's very much for you. Mm. We could all be stressing our hamstrings. Yeah. One person's reaction to that could be oh joy, I can now touch my toes. Somebody else's reaction to that could be tears and trauma. Uh, oh, I, I've just spent the last 10 minutes in a big forward fold, come up, flooding. Has that happened to you as a, as a teacher yet? Not in a public class, or at least no one's mm -hmm. uh, come spoke to me about that. Mm -hmm. I, Early days, I remember sharing my practice with someone, and they had some tremendous emotional releases. And mm. I had always heard about this may happen, and it seems to be synonymous with yoga. But mm. I, I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." <laughs> but then to experience it, and the, the, the individual in question was like a full-grown man, mm. very stiff, uh, and very serious when I first met him. And to mm. see him have these emotional releases, like one of them was like uh, quite literally, he was a babbling giggling baby it was mm -hmm. wow kind of felt like a broken and this life. is a scottish man i think we're talking mm. about so this is you know um this is not just a man this is a scottish man um scottish men generally not i wouldn't describe as babbling giggling babies they're serious life is serious life is hard um life is intense and to see that you know he could have that connection with himself mm. Because I think generally where a lot of lives we are kind of externally focused or mm. the relationships things, it kind of dulls and dilutes the connection with ourselves too. Mm. So something had to come up there. Mm. And for me, especially my departure from the police, it took some things to come up to happen for me to realize what was going on internally for me mm. and them to come up. So I'm, I'm very much a firm believer in healthily regulating what's going on internally or why it's that was the thing I really enjoyed about coming back to, to your teacher training was getting exposed to the, the Taiji symbol, the yin and yang symbol, mm -hmm. because within the yang, yin, within the yang, there's mm -hmm. that little bit of the other, the eyelid. Mm. Within yin, there's yang. If you go all the way pure yin, mm. invariably you'll have to go the other direction at some right. point. 
if you go pure yang, which a lot of my life, or at least my physical uh, life, the police, the travel training, coming off those trainings, I had to go pure yin. Mm. Even the same with your yoga teacher trainings, actually, mm-hmm. like I found like you know I'd be quite engaged and overly massaged <laughs> on the teacher trainings. That's right. You were the most massaged student in Thailand. I remember that. Yeah. And then I would come home and. <laughs> it's an active engaged environment which sounds funny to say about you mm. teacher training but you know there's a lot going on there with the knowledge and the practice and whatnot but then i'd come back and i'd have a, a complete rebound to that where i'd be completely sedentary mm. i'd be sedentary from yin he said aloud confused mm. uh so yeah the, there are these balances and having re-exposed that philosophy i can see that clearly in a lot of things mm. i do that it's it's about finding a balance for yourself and if you are jumping from one side there maybe that's a sign to take reflection and take healthier steps that but that's huge stuff so you're talking about the the black and white two sometimes it's said it described as like two fish i'm sure most of you have seen this in a taekwondo or judo um uh i'm gonna say shala but that's not the word what's the word for dojo dojo right uh, or maybe a chinese restaurant so that that symbol that uh, the white fish has a black eye, the black fish has a white eye. Mm. One interpretation of that is eventually uh, we all have within us the white fish has a black eye, and it has a, has the yin inside it. The black fish has a white yang inside it. They they are not unique, and I guess now that's drawing us full circle. You now it sounds like you're beginning to have. The tools of an understanding of this dynamic in your own life and that's that's big stuff absolutely uh, I think going back to you and being uncomfortable uh, mm. you get people in class who can't sell who are looking at everyone else and whatnot and I, I see it as a it's like early in stages where being mm. of yourself is uncomfortable. There's that really good Blaise Pascal quote, which I'm going to completely horribly butcher, where it's like, you know, all of mankind's problems stems from their inability to sit quietly in a room with themselves. Nice. And I think that embodies yin perfectly. Because if you were able to be sitting uncomfortable with yourself, mm. with what's going on inside your mind, and you, I don't think we do half the things or many of the things that we do do. Mm. Especially for me, I'm, I'm very aware of a lot of the things or becoming aware of the things that I've been doing where a lot of my uh, all or nothing mentality, so if things were coming up, I'd be like, time to binge eat 12 pizzas or... <laughs> <laughs> okay, just two 14-inch pizzas. But, you know, I, this is... <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of pizza. It's a lot of pizza. Yeah. It wasn't pretty afterwards. But <laughs> and uh, your favorite pizza, if I remember, is curry... Curry pizza, South Indian garlic chili chicken curry pizza. Oh my god! Which is yeah. as amazing as it sounds. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hungry. Uh, yeah. And so you might. Um, so now a typical Imran Yin yoga class. When people come to Yin right at the beginning, I, yeah, I think I, I totally get what you're saying. You don't go up to people and say this is going to be the most incredible emotional internal roller coaster that you've ever had um that's just too much you you um you watch it you, you provide a safe space for them to have this happen and some people are in it just like the gym people just in it for the physical and there's no i don't think there's a right or wrong way these are things mm. that'll come up 
as and when they allow for it mm-hmm. because your mindset plays a big part in it you can come into to yin for purely a physical mm. thing but as you become accustomed to the sensations that uh, all past lead inward I'm sure there's a quote somewhere but I think with yin in particular because certainly my journey for your yin trainings because I've done 400 hours of mm-hmm. yin yeah. 600 total with the yang the first 100 hours I was very yang with my yin mm. and I was uh, right. chasing more, more 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 chasing the depth of the pose and not staying with the appropriate level of stress and wondering mm-hmm. why I wasn't getting any benefit and I was just left with pins and needles and com- a lot of compression mm. Uh, and then it was Yin t- 1 and 2 in Kosamui, 200 hours there, where mm. again, the re exposure to that information, there's such a wealth of information you provided in that, in that time, where I was like, oh wow, there's there's so much here. And even if I jump to me now, that when I come across people who aren't me and seeing what they're doing, it, it causes me to reflect and, and mm. change uh, and re explore and always st- not let my practice stagnate. Mm. So even if there's mm. certain poses that are off the table because they're anatomically unfriendly, it's like, well, how can I access something similar, but not that? Mm. You know, there's no reason why I can't find something anatomically similar. unfriendly. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> anatomically unfriendly. Yeah, that's a good one. Awesome. Um, so we're getting to the time in our <coughs> in our chat where we can reverse the tables. Um, um, what do you uh is there anything you want to talk with me about anything you find interesting that is out there in the in world in your experience in the last the last couple of years i think one of the my exposure is small but that small exposure was really profound in many ways so i i guess i'm curious about your side like you know how did you come across the taoist elements of mm. yin and what was that like for you in the beginning? You mean the philosophy? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm like you. Our paths have kind of, I'm surprised we didn't meet up some uh, misty mountain path. Um, as I kung fu kicked off one cliff and you were probably going up, you're probably going up with your high <laughs> kick. Um, but I, so I practiced Yang family Tai Chi and Qigong for many, many years. And um, I started off in Taiwan, eventually in Hong Kong. And, um, and I obviously China, 1.3 billion people, you can't, it's the elephant in the room there. But it's always very frustrating to me as to how the philosophy and the, the soul, as I saw it, we've been ripped out of these practices. We never talked about the yin yang symbol and chi and health and certainly not the psycho spiritual aspects of the practice and uh i pretty much dumped i was fascinated by that stuff so i pretty much dumped tai chi uh for yoga because yoga seemed to have all of that stuff and it was only when i got back into yin yoga when i met paul grilly and i realized that he uh, he had been trained by his teacher's teacher was a Chinese martial artist and then I went oh my god and but he was spouting off about all the at that point and he still does he mixes Indian and Chinese philosophy together and I realized that I'd kind of just been practicing it in a dark room without the uh, the context of the Taoist uh, philosophy so I essentially jumped into it in myself it's very very difficult to find Taoist um, teachers uh, in chi- mainland China, communist country. 
along with the Buddhists, the Christians, um, they've been draw, driven out um, and either killed or not, not allowed to practice anymore. Um, so I've spent uh, a long time kind of refining. And Taoists aren't, they're not like, uh, uh, they're not like, you know, uh, Christian, um, born again Christian uh, um, pastors. They tend to hide under rocks and in caves. And uh, they, they don't like being found. Um, so it's very rare when you find them. When you do, they're, they're either drunk or half naked or um, just about to die old men. Um, so there's not many of them. So I, I pieced it together myself, a lot of it. Um, you know, I'm blessed being able to speak Mandarin and Cantonese and read and write Chinese and really been lucky enough to kind of put the head back on the chicken almost in some kind of way. And it feels so feels so right because just as you've been speaking you have the yang mm. the muscles and the going places and the doing things and you have the yin and when i practiced yin and then realized there was a whole philosophy as you say to lie on the round on the floor and doing nothing and the power of that it blew my brain and um once you get into that the Tao Te Ching, and particularly zen japanese zen buddhism which is itself a little bit of a Jedi Knight. I mean, a little bit, it's a little bit of a dying breed there. Um, then, then it speaks. It's it began to speak to me, uh, big time. And uh, I think you know, if I almost put in a nutshell what you've been saying, the we life is very very shiny lights and apps with uh, you know you got to have a streak. Uh, a Snapchat streak or a whatever streak or a gaming streak and then it gets measured and there's um, parameters and performance indicators and a salary and your mortgage and all this kind of stuff but what we're missing a lot is um, is our internal life um, and uh, you know great quotes like um, uh, like boredom is the most fun you'll ever have um, without a phone, uh, like this kind of thing. I've seen these great kind of quotes and people don't know how to spend time just being uh, these days. And uh, so I, I love it. And it's it's old, which I think we have a great reverence, weirdly for old stuff. Um, people have been doing this for a long time and growing beards and uh, drinking tea and lying around, and I think, the, as you say, that's a great quote. I think uh, the world is going to be will be a better place when when we figure out how to how to do more of this stuff. So self discovered self in a way. It's kind of a little bit sad, but I kind of excited um, that it's not. It's, you can't really walk into you know Waterstones or Amazon bookstore and mm. and uh, and just start doing the Tao kind of stuff. Um, yeah, a little bit sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very. It's very exciting for something so passive to lead to so many possibilities, and mm. it should be mentioned that's incredible. You can speak the languages you do, so when you are in China, you're able to access and tap into these mm -hmm. possible knowledge sources as and when you find them, mm -hmm. when they're not half naked and mm -hmm. drunk. Yeah, because I think what I found quite surprising was again not uh, with, with travel training. You're going to a country, you are immersing in a culture, but they're very much bubble environments. Mm. Not to 
diminish the experience but you're looking at the reality of what you're yeah. doing you, you're set up camp somewhere mm. it's kind of catered within reason to uh, somewhat of an expectation mm. but the, the, the irony that you know yin is uh, Taoist in tradition and going over to China mm-hmm. and they've got the yang they've got, mm-hmm. they've got buckets full of that's yang that's what China's all about nowadays yeah. it's, like, for me knowing what I do about yin uh, and having experience what I've experienced with yin hand on heart I would easily replace half of my training with, with yin mm-hmm. uh, for all the martial arts stuff and looking back at chapters of my life in particular with the police uh, it would have been an amazing thing to have had because it would have given me a healthy way to regulate mm. the stresses and some of the pressures I, I mm. had underwent. Mm. In particular, I, one of the reasons I, I got sick of being in the police was that I was surrounded by people that, uh, it was almost like a badge on you'd reach a certain arbitrary milestone in your career and you'd just have a bad back or you would just uh-huh. have this. Oh, I see. I surrounded by yeah. people that would complain about all these issues but nothing would get done. they just accept it and deteriorate along with those mm. things. Yes. So along with their poor mental health, poor sense of well-being, poor diminishing physical health, even if people are active, they're mm. still having these problems wearing five to six kgs of additional weight strewn across the body. Mm-hmm. They were actively sacrificing uh, their physical health, and here yin is, and it's completely accessible. Mm. It takes you as you are and nothing else, because mm. that's all you can take yourself as, as you are. Yeah. Totally dedicated yinster, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it begs the question. Yeah, that's what I, you know. That's, that's something I would like to bring to people to show them that you can do it. My if my eight-year-old grandfather can do it, I'll be somewhat reluctant. Yeah, and you have been putting and putting on Facebook your 80, 80 year old grandfather. Yeah. Doing yin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I think the genius of the successful yin yoga teachers is they don't call it yin yoga because yin, boring, lying around on the floor. Yoga for people in stretchy stuff um, who are pretty weird. Um, so the, the, the really interesting places are where yin is happening is in gyms and offices. And it's just called, you know, uh, range of motion conditioning in a gym or it's just called um, um, increase your increase your uh, the dark side of your mental capacities stretching for half an hour that sounds pretty cool yeah because they're going to increase their productivity or whatever something like that um, but uh, yeah the world doesn't see like like sleep sleep is a waste of time uh, yin is a waste of time going on vacation is a waste of time in my time in the career, in the corporate world, a plane ride from Hong Kong to San Francisco was a waste of time. You could have been working and batteries had to be, you know, guys in my company used to have three batteries for their laptops so they could work the whole 18 hour flight because sleeping would have been a waste of time. Um, but the world has uh, an issue with doing nothing. And, uh, um, I think I'm, I'm right with you. The, 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 uh, the idea that we can achieve so much by doing nothing is incredibly attractive to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what we're, talking, what we're talking to here is that we've both experienced that. And uh, you can become 
better, happier, sexier, more efficient, um, do what you want to do by apparently by doing nothing. Incredible stuff. Yeah, touching on that idea of this idea of wasting time is something I, I've been challenging myself with. Is like there's this concept of wasting time, but there's also spending time. Mm. And I guess because of when you look at a lot of fitness marketing, mm. your Nike and so on and so forth. Don't hate me, Nick. Uh, it's a lot of like if you're not feeling it, if you're not puking your guts up, if you're mm. not, you know, feeling the burn and sweat and all this stuff, that you're not doing it right. Mm. And it's very unhealthy. It's very yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not good for you. You got another word you're thinking of? Yes, I've arrived on the point where we're in such a place in life where we think looking after ourselves and taking time out for ourselves we, we look after other people better than look after ourselves mm. which uh it's like the airplanes about your mask you know your mask mm. comes down put your own mask on before mm. you help our people if everyone took time out to look after uh, and care for themselves mm. because you're equally as important as the next person more so because you can only look after you're the only person that can right. look after your own mm -hmm. self Again, it'd come back to the idea if everyone look, looked after themselves, I think the world would be infinitely better and not be afraid to look at themselves for what they are and, the, and not what they think they need to be. Mm. That is a, a fantastic place to end our time together. Um, I don't think I can, I can apart from uh, namaste to that, <laughs> I don't think I can really add. Uh, Mr. Imran Hashmat, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you very much for spending some time with me. Um, where do we find you in the world? Uh, Imran Hashmat Yoga on Facebook. Imran Hashmat Yoga on Facebook. That's where you can find me. Mm -hmm. I'm over in Falkirk and Sterling if you want to come lie around the floor. In please. some quite nice places, I see. Yes, uh, we've got a nice art gallery in the Creative Hub in uh, Maiden Sterling. And then mm -hmm. in Falkirk, I have a place as Underfloor Heating, which for Ian is amazing. <laughs> it's been my pleasure, sir. Have a good day. Uh, keep growing the beard <laughs> and I'll see you around. Yeah. Take care. <laughs>